Kia ora, I'm Erin Keem and you're listening to Conversations About Closets with my closest thousand friends. I started this project to get me through a gloomy Seattle winter, which was hitting me hard. The thing is, I love women. Why not showcase them? Why not call women I've never met, have our first conversation, record it and turn it into a podcast? So that's what I did. I didn't edit, I still don't. Some days I'm on fire, some days not so much, and sometimes I even forgot to ask questions about closets. But all my guests are amazing. Listen up, get to know them, you'll be glad you did. If you want to be a guest on my show, go to erinkeem.com. I'd love to meet you. Aroha for listening, here's today's episode. Good morning, Erin. Good morning. It is sunny. I'm looking out my window and there's sunshine. <laughs> it's wonderful. Oh, it is. It is beyond a Seattle in summer, or we're only just heading into spring now, but you can get some absolutely glorious days. But enough about weather. I want to talk about you. You are so multi-talented. You're a financial advisor and an insurance agent and a retirement preparation strategist, and a coach, and a wealth advisor. Woman, when do you have time to sleep? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I do get up pretty early, but I do go to bed early. So one of those early to bed, early to rise type, farmer types. Makes a woman wealthy and wise, isn't it? <laughs> well, that would, be, that would be a fun way to look at it. <laughs> So you currently work for Securian Financial. What, what is that company? Uh, we are a firm based in Seattle and affiliated with uh, Securian Financial out of Minneapolis. We have a firm of about 12, 13 advisors, a team here in our area and uh, a lot of support people back of the house. And it says you're independently owned. Yes, that we, we, we do have our own firm here in Seattle. So yes. and, and apparently, according to the website, because I, I did a little bit of research, there was a, you have a hundred, not you personally, <laughs> no. but the company has a 135 year history Wow. The yes, the company that's based out of Minneapolis is uh, yes, been on the planet a long time, a long time. So now, Elizabeth, this has been really good track record. This has been driving me crazy. You are Elizabeth G. Gray. What does the G stand for? Gold the weight. Oh, how lovely! I thought it might have been Georgina or, or a middle name. <laughs> I changed so, all my names when I got divorced. You should always, I believe it's always important for a woman to pick her own name if she can. So that is <laughs> wonderful. But there, uh, it's, it's all an iteration. It's kind of funny of previous lives. I was born Beth. So it was an easy transition to Elizabeth. And my middle name was Gray. So I made that my last name and my family name 
on my mother's side, my grandmother's last name was Goldthwaite. So I honored my maternal line and made a new name. I'm so glad I asked. That's really fascinating. Hey, before Securian, you worked for a company even I've heard of called Edward Jones. They're quite a heavyweight, aren't they, in the financial industry? Also another big firm, yes. Uh-huh. But when you're not doing that, you are very involved. I know you do a lot of work with nonprofits. What is the interim community something or something? Oh, Interim Community Development Association. Yes, the interim CDA goes by short. It's based in the International District and helps people, largely immigrants and refugees, people from a variety of countries over the years that are coming into Seattle need help with housing. So the organization both builds affordable housing and helps its clients secure and stay in affordable housing. And uh, so it has some other wonderful things it does too, which were an attraction to me. They manage a community garden in the international district, which if you've been down there, you'll know that it, there's not a lot of green space in the international district. And this provides an opportunity for elderly people living in the neighborhood who are on basically low income people, gives them a chance to socialize and grow their own foods. Some of which are foods or vegetables that you may have never seen in this country because <laughs> they brought the seeds from their home countries. Oh, wow, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of fun. And they have chickens. So you can go up and visit. It's the largest chicken coop in the city. And uh, they, they have programs for kids to learn about sustainable organic gardening and go feed the chickens. And it's really a wonderful, wonderful organization. I mean, who doesn't love chickens? <laughs> who doesn't? I have... Uh, in this past year, become I, I had my first stint as a chicken sitter. <laughs> and Aaron, Aaron, I, I learned that chicken sitting means it does not mean you don't actually sit on the chickens. <laughs> so, so I know it's early in the morning for such barnyard humor, but. So what does a chicken sitter do? Well, a chicken sitter. Okay, and, and I, I was traumatized by this, I have to say, because one day, so I, I would go down there, my neighbor asked me to chicken sit for her, her girls. She calls them the girls. She has five and or six. Yeah, six. Anyway, I would go down in the morning and let them out of their coop and give them fresh water and fresh food and collect any eggs that they had deposited. And then I would go back, I leave them out in their chicken yard to look for, peck for worms and eat the 
grain. And then I'd go back at night and get them back into their coop at, the, at night. And I was traumatized, Aaron, one time because I went over there and it was dark out and I couldn't find the chickens. <gasps> I thought they had escaped. I was, oh no, you know, it's my first, it's a, it was like the third day. It's my first time of chickens sitting and I've lost the chickens. I didn't know what to do. I looked everywhere for the chickens. It's kind of dark. So I go back home and I text the owner and she calls the person across the street to come over. Well, she found the chickens. They were, they were in there. They were hiding. There's like, they all sit on top of each other in a tiny corner they, and they didn't make a peep. I had no idea. Chickens play hide and seek. You must have been distraught. I was really upset. Sitting. I, I, I really lost upset. all the chickens. But I lost the chickens. <laughs> but thank goodness I did not. So I, I still... I'm okay with my neighbor. <laughs> I have not lost the chickens yet. I am. Yeah, how, but... how do you make amends? I mean, how do you make amends for losing somebody's flock? I don't know, but thankfully they were there. I just, I just made her nervous because, well, she thought they were there, but I didn't know where they were. I was really upset. <laughs> They need little bells around their neck. Yeah. Or little glow or little flashing lights. I thought they would make noise, but apparently they sometimes are really, really, really quiet. And they literally, I mean, there were like five chickens in the space of one foot. They're all sitting on top of each other. Those sneaky, <laughs> sneaky chickens. <laughs> I'm sure they did it on purpose. Well, I'm so pleased that you actually are still talking. Your neighbors still oh, talking to you. Oh, she's fantastic, yes. yes. So would you volunteer for chicken sitting again, knowing what you know now? Uh, well, yes, because the eggs. It sure is nice to get the fresh eggs while you're – and it's just for a week or two, you know, at a time. So it's, it's a little a little, a little bit of something out of the ordinary and a neighborly thing to do. We share plants, and yes, and you and you can add that to your set of skills. Maybe yes. help you with retirement preparation strategy, and I can feed your chickens. That's, that's, <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, I, I'm not sure I want to be be called on for that, but just this one. <laughs> just this once. Back to some of the other things you're involved with. What is Leave Ten? Leave Ten is a nonprofit organization composed of several advisors in different capacities. We encourage people to leave 10% or more of their estate to the causes that they care about. So we have a couple of attorneys on that group. We have some plan giving officers from some of the major charities. We have uh, people that are other financial advisors, insurance professionals, and we develop programs to encourage that kind of philanthropy. 
we have a website and we uh, give educational programs to nonprofits and to the general public to encourage philanthropy. Is this linked to Washington Planned Giving or is that just something additional? It's a different organization that is a largely an edu also an educational organization for generally for people working in nonprofits, plan giving officers, major gift officers, executive directors, and some financial professionals as well. Because of the charitable giving techniques are quite complex and particularly uh, tax laws change as you may know they are changing now and uh, likely to change now and that can affect people's estate estate plans and how charities are remembered and uh, fostered through through um, planning and charitable giving. I know like like me, you have a, an affinity for goodwill. Personally, I only go there to shop, obviously, <laughs> but, I, but, but I did volunteer at the glitter sale, which unfortunately has been phased out. And I was lucky enough to go to the very last one, which I think was the 30th, uh, which was um, down in Seattle, which was an honor and a privilege and so much fun. I uh, found a pair of Tiffany sunglasses, so I, mm. I was very happy to, I know, tell wow. me about it. But, but you, you've also been involved with Good, Goodwill. Yes, I've been on a committee to, to basically be, help them shape their plan giving program and be a resource for them if they had uh, questions about it, taking particular gifts, setting up Kind of, it, it was. It's a new program there, so we were setting up some systems and so forth. I want to quickly mention with Goodwill, the one that I went to uh, in Bellevue. You can't try clothes on, but you can take the clothes home, try them on, and exchange them. Uh, so it is still possible to uh, to be able to thrift uh, at Goodwill mm -hmm. for people that are listening. And a lot of people don't realize all the educational programs they have, but they have a tremendous number of educational programs for uh, people uh, in the community, a lot of whom are, are, are also refugees and recent immigrants and so forth for English language skills, computer skills, job placement kind of preparation and so forth. So they do a lot of things in the community people don't, don't realize. Yeah, they're one of the uh, places that I definitely uh, head for if I want to donate. And, and another another quick sideline, if you are going to donate, make sure it is clothing that you would give to a friend or a family member. Uh, make sure it is of high quality. Uh, otherwise, look for ways to upcycle the fabrics. So I want to segue to Seattle Children's Hospital, which I know is also a cause that you feel drawn to. I do. I, I have not been quite as involved with Seattle Children's as I have with, with the others. But again, it is one of the large charities in our town that impacts so many people's lives. And they have a, a lot of advisors that are educated 
at least somewhat about what Seattle Children's programs do so that we can communicate that to, to others. Now, I want to say how incredibly brave you are. It's supposed to be one of the number one fears is public speaking, but you belonged or belong to Toastmasters. So you actually had to get up in front of people and give speeches. Yes. And the re I am still a member of the Ballard Weekenders Toastmasters Club, which is a phenomenal club. I highly recommend it. We have... We're on Zoom now, so now that I've moved away from Ballard to West Seattle, I'm still able to participate more regularly than I, than I would otherwise. We, we actually welcome a lot of people who are practicing their, their public speaking for any number of reasons. In that club, there are quite a few people who are new to the United States or have only been here a few years, and they're interested in practicing their English. Some of them are really interesting people from, gosh, we have, we have people from probably, we've had people from 10 or 12 countries in the last four years. Some of them are at the university, some are in tech downtown. And yes, we have to, we, we give a safe space to practice giving short speeches, five to seven minutes usually, and sometimes a little bit longer and work on projects that we, we want to improve upon, whether it's related to our work or whether it's just for fun. Some of the, some of the people in the club are retirees we have an over 90-year-old person in our club, and then we have had people in our club in high school. So you get a lot of variety, different, different points of view on things, and it's a lot of fun. What are some of the things you like to talk about? Well, last week I gave a more of a visual. I did an impromptu speech, so no planning. <laughs> because I didn't have have time to to work on anything and I did a visual presentation of uh, garden garden pictures of my garden and gardens that I have enjoyed so I just did a little spring tiptoe through the tulips shall we say with with the, and they really liked that because it was light sometimes we during the coronavirus it's been important to do some speeches that are funny or more more light focused to take away people's take their minds away from the heavy duty stuff sometimes humor is a wonderful uh, antidote for anxiety and stress mm. i don't suppose you yes because i know you love gardening and i've seen that you also take photographs of nature because you enjoy photography yes, too yes i do Love to go to New Zealand sometime. Well, you know, please. I mean, obviously, I highly recommend it. Uh, right now, you would have to go into a two-week mm -hmm. quarantine, but um, but that hopefully that will lift over the next year or so. And yes, uh, absolutely, seize the day. Uh, you would have there, there's it's certainly very photogenic. Well, and it would feed my now, my 
love for geology. I, I minored in geology in college and I have, I love volcanoes and hot springs and lush tropical forests and some of the wonderful things that you have there in New Zealand. Oh, we definitely have volcanoes. My favorite beach is Takapuna. And when you're swimming, you're looking straight at Rinitoto, which is a which is a volcano which hasn't erupted in a couple of hundred years, but we all keep our eyes mm. on it. Oh yeah. Well, a couple hundred years is just a blink of an eye in geologic terms, right? Not even a blink of an eye. We could talk about we definitely have to talk about volcanoes offline because my father in law was a was a, a permanent expert oh. in volcanoes, but that is a whole oh, yeah, yeah. Um there is not there is there is nothing he could not tell you about them. But back to you, you are also a baseball fan and you're also a fan of the Mariners. I am a baseball fan. My my I go to Mariners games a couple of times, but I'm not a big fan of the Mariners. I grew up as a Cubs fan in Chicago and then moved to the Boston area and became a Red Sox fan. So when they come to town, I definitely go to a Mariners game to see the Red Sox and the, the Mariners play. Oh, that's what that photo was about. Because there's a photo of you at a Mariners game. So uh, ah, that totally. We do a little family, a little family rivalry thing at the baseball games because my brother moved out here after college and became a Mariners fan. I was living on the East Coast. So whenever we, his kids will go to a game and have a little family rivalry between the Mariners and the Red Sox, which is basically no contest. <laughs> Most of the time. <laughs> Hey, Stephen, your son, he's a classical violinist. He is. Very, he? very proud of him. Mm -hmm. yep. Now, I know that you have an interest in women and film, and you like to keep update with that, up to date. With I that. do. I do. I have supported my son's wife's career in terms of her filmmaking, and she's drawn me in to that world, which has been a lot of fun. She's made two movies and she's on her third one. And I got involved as, you know, the family and friends round of, of fundraising for film is very important when someone is first getting started. So she's, it's, it's been a lot of fun watching her rise through the ranks and write books and write movies. And maybe she's got a, something being considered maybe for TV now too. So we'll see what happens. Would you like to mention? Oh, is? sure. Her name is Naomi McDougal Jones and she can be found on IMDB and a website with, by that name and all, all her, all her stuff is on there. Lots of fun pictures to see of her and podcasts and you can learn about the joyful vampire tour of America. Oh, speaking <laughs> of vampire, there is a great photo of you 
with I think some pink bits attached to your hair and you are wearing a t-shirt that says yes fight that me. was her second movie and it was a lot of fun we did a we did a screening at SIF in 2019 sold out the sold out the screening it was pride weekend and the the premise was that when you came to the movie you were supposed to wear whatever made you feel most joyful so we put on our you know with the pride parade in seattle there's a lot of fun costumes people put on purple hair and beads and all kinds of outfits and came to the movie screening and we really had an experience. It was a lot of fun. And you were even more oh, vampire yes. they, 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 they were <laughs> Everybody that came to the movie were, were given a set of vampire teeth to wear. So. Well, of mm -hmm. course, as mm -hmm. one would. I don't know if you remember the t-shirt, but it looks like there's a person on it with their back to us. Uh, do you remember Oh, that's that my daughter-in-law. She's the lead. Out. She's that's Naomi. She's the lead actress, she as well as the writer in the film. So that was some of the merchandise they made to go along with the movie tour. And we all had a lot of have a lot of fun with that. Bite me. She has bite me mugs and bite me t-shirts and lots of fun stuff. It is a romantic oh, comedy, know. after all. I'm gonna. Oh, oh, right. <laughs> it's about it's about the uh, vampire girl and the vampire woman, the IRS agent who audits her vampire church. <laughs> it's all about diversity and tolerance. If you can love a vampire, then you know you're pretty open-minded. Absolutely. Or you're well, and Twilight these were not franchise. real. These are not supernatural vampires. These are vampire people. There are actually people that believe they are vampire. They need blood to um, get energy. So it's really a different kind of subculture. You've probably never heard anything about. I have. <laughs> Watch the movie. movie. You'll have fun. Before we finish, there was something I wanted to, I, I wanted to circle back to something completely different. What was ESG policy? Because I forgot to ask you. ASG? Oh, ESG. No, no, that's e my ESG. E for. Oh, well, um, it stands for Environmental, Social, and Governance. And these are, in the investment world, these are, Things that people can screen companies for to see if they align with their values. So they take they take uh, things like diversity of a board into account. How much uh, if they're aligned with climate sorts of issues? Uh, it, it's a different way of looking at companies, rather rather than, um, than not if you don't want to invest in, say, tobacco-related companies. You can screen out companies uh, based on your values. 
<laughs> okay, it's sure, sure. It's it's you'll hear more of that lingo as time goes on. I am going to finish up by asking you, according to LinkedIn, you are interested in brain research. Yes, I am. I am interested in that as a hobby, I guess you'd say. <laughs> I'm actually reading a, a book that just came out recently by Dr. Sanjay Gupta. And it is, oh, something, Keep Sharp, I think is the name of the title. He's just published it. So everybody knows who Dr. Gupta is from TV these days and the coronavirus and being a CNN medical correspondent. He's, he's, he's a neurosurgeon and he's written a really entertaining and informative book that I've just started reading about how the brain works and how you can keep it sharp as you as we get older. So I, it's a lot of fun. I would I would recommend that. I like to read things like that. Thank you so much for the recommendation. <laughs> Beth, Elizabeth, Goldthwaite, Gray, Elizabeth, you are an absolute delight. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Um, this was so well, thank much you, Erin. It was a privilege and an honor to be on your show. Thank you so Oh, oh, what a That's nice true. thing to say. Let's get you to New Zealand and let's get you uh, preferably not too close <laughs> okay. to the volcano. <laughs> Thank you. Have a lovely bye -bye. Rest of the day.